Good morning. It's January 8th. It has become a bright morning in New York City, and this is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news. The ground is dry here after a weekend of wintry mix tilted toward rain, but in the northeastern interior, their share of the ongoing snow drought is over. More than a foot of snow fell inland as part of a proper old-fashioned winter nor'easter. Good luck digging out, and I hope everyone remembers where they left the snow shovels last time they needed them. On the front of this morning's New York Times, the idea that the October 7th attacks by Hamas were Israel's 9-11 gets carried forward all too faithfully under the headline, Conflict Looms with Iran from Lebanon to Red Sea, as a single act of terroristic provocation once again seems to have people hoping for the clarifying force of a wider regional war. By the fourth paragraph, the Times is discussing how the Iranian nuclear program has suddenly been accelerated. International inspectors announced in late December that Iran initiated a threefold increase in its enrichment of near-bomb-grade uranium. By most rough estimates, the Times writes, Iran now has the fuel for at least three atomic weapons, and American intelligence officials believe the additional enrichment needed to turn that fuel into bomb-grade material would take only a few weeks. We're playing all the old hits now, apparently, from The Clock is Ticking to We Don't Want the Smoking Gun to Be a Mushroom Cloud. On the left-hand side of page one, leaders reach spending deal as clock ticks. That's right, we're back to government shutdown time again. And once again, reach spending deal seems optimistic. The lead says Senate and House leaders announced on Sunday that they had struck an overarching agreement on 2024 government funding but it was not clear whether they would be able to cement the deal and pass it into law in time to avert a partial government shutdown in less than two weeks. There's a bleakly entertaining line in the description of the deal, where after saying the agreement includes an increase in Pentagon spending and holds non-defense funding essentially flat, the Times writes, that additional spending is offset by speeding up $10 billion in cuts to IRS enforcement and clawing back $6 billion in unspent COVID dollars and other emergency funds. In the reality that exists outside the terms of our political discourse, of course, reducing IRS enforcement is not an offset to spending, but a loss of future revenue. The entire goal of cutting it is to make the government less effective at collecting taxes. Further down, the piece notes that despite the message that a deal is in place, the ultra-conservatives who actually control the House are still demanding some sort of immigration restrictions, which will presumably involve the same sort of mythology and counterproductive policy as the IRS cuts. The more incapable the House becomes of passing anything else at all, the more the budget turns into a theatrical extravaganza. On page A6, one of the more than 200 people still missing after the Japanese earthquake, a woman in her 90s, was pulled alive from the rubble. After spending five days, the Times reports, trapped underground beneath the first floor of a two-story house. The window for finding earthquake survivors, the Times writes, is typically three days, experts say, though it is possible to survive longer, depending on factors like temperature, access to water or food, and how the victim is trapped. Back on the front of the business section is coverage of the grounding of Boeing's 737 MAX 9 fleet after the fuselage of one popped open on an Alaska Airlines flight on Friday. This is a sibling plane to the 737 MAX 8, the one that kept trying to crash itself into the ground automatically and twice succeeded in doing so. The Times writes that the federal authorities have focused attention on a mid-cabin door plug, which was part of the plane body that was torn out at an altitude of 16,000 feet on Friday, and is used to fill the space where an emergency exit would be placed if the plane were configured with more seats. Airlines canceled hundreds of flights, affecting tens of thousands of passengers over the weekend, and it seems like the disruptions will continue into the week as the planes remain unavailable. That is the news. 
Thank you for listening. Please keep your seatbelts fastened even after you reach cruising altitude. Please also subscribe to Indignity to keep us going. And if all goes well, we will talk again tomorrow.